Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. And good morning, gardening friends. We hope you have still been enjoying this absolutely magnificent autumn weather. And yes, we need some rain too, so let's order that up, shall we? The gardening team is here. We are ready to go. When you phone in, you'll be speaking with the gorgeous Bev Daring. And John Glidden, our chief researcher and garden show chef, is standing by to keep us all in check. Now, our phone number is 94841927. The lines are now open. And you can email us by going to gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Dynamic duo Chris Bartlett, Mark Carlton always set the pace on the Saturday morning when it's their turn. They alternate with Alan Simons each Saturday morning in breakfast. And uh, thank you both very much, boys. And uh, breakfast was wrapped up by our cycling DJ Jim Cronin. And Jim will return at 10 a.m. with the Classic 70s. Faye, what sort of week have you had? I've had an amazing week, Ray. The <laughs> weather is glorious. I have oh, gardened no. for the last two days. Oh, I'm jealous. Jealous, jealous. such a difference. I've moved mulch. Oh, it was a bit cro- creaky this morning when I got out of bed. It's like, oh. Yeah, you feel it. Yeah. Not yeah. quite the well-oiled machine that I used to <laughs> you be. You were in your yeah, 20s, <laughs> but still, you're going well, I reckon. The, yeah. the garden just is buzzing for want of a better word well it really is everything is looking fantastic and the the garden is enjoying this 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 weather the sun isn't it it's it's thriving it's just beautiful like every day there's a new leaf or a new Mm. flower i've got Mm. ecmias flowering bromeliads yeah Yeah. um so yeah they're really special so the the phone camera is getting a Fair workout, work I can out. tell you. Mm. And the Zeriscape garden is looking really good. Taking I've shape. Done some weeding there. Found the walking kalanchoe that I got from you, Ray, which yeah. is looking really good. Uh, you and found it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the way you say well, that. Because, because I has so many plants, listeners, that sometimes you talk to her about one, she goes, I must go and see what I've done with that, where yeah. it actually is, where I put it. <laughs> well, it's, it just became part of the garden and yeah. kind of I forgot it. Lots fall off the radar and and sometimes, you know, they get lost or they get <laughs> overtaken by something yeah, that, that does a bit too well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the gardens need tweaking. And I've been working mm. on one area of the garden for well over a year. I just, I can't get it to do what I want, want it to, to do. do. Mm. Mm. So but what- um, I think looking back at it, um, I've added different seasonal things. So adding gingers haven't done so well in the garden as in pots. Mm. But then I've got bulbs that really make their show in one season. So things come and go. So I just keep adding and I added a few more bromeliads to that part of the garden and a frangipani. So I I gained a bit of height. Mm. And I think one of the things I really don't like to see 
is walls and fences. Mm. Like they really take away from a photo. They certainly do. Mm. Yeah, they definitely need so something I need covering screens or foliage yeah. or an yeah. ornament or, yeah. mm. you know, different. Yeah. I take the photo and then I sort of look at it and analyse and then mm. I go shopping in my own nursery and work out, well, what am I looking for? A, mm. a plant that will suit the soil, something that will suit the aspect. So mm. does it get mm. wind, rain, sun, etc.? Yeah, where the, yeah, where the light What is. size will it grow to? Yeah. And, you know, there's some amazing plants out there and some that, I consider fly under the radar because you put them in and they just take over. Well, in an area that that doesn't matter, that's fantastic. Like under gum trees where things are a bit harder to grow, if you get those plants that are ordinary plants but doing what you want, mm. they really buffer that area. So covering covering the ground, working as a living mulch mm. and something often to be able to collect the gum leaves without looking unsightly mm. so a taller rather than a really low ground cover yeah 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 oh there's so many choices I was say, but yeah it's, it's i keep buying i'm buying them and i've been buying red foliage things lately right alternanthera and a caliphas yeah and they're old-fashioned plants yeah but they just add that that nice contrast they're hardy. Some of the alternantheras are really beautiful. I've been Absolutely. looking at them as well. Mm. Yeah, and some of their, yeah, for their leaves, the colouring really, really pops. And getting away, not necessarily, um, you know, your rubies and little chocks and all of that. There's a, there's other varieties out there that I've been eyeballing at the moment um, that have a two-toned, you know, burgundy leaves mm. and things like that, as well as your kelfers that you're talking about. Someone's phoned in and said your noreens are magnificent. Oh, I know. Oh, um, Bev is saying that. Oh, well, what happened, and I may have said years ago, I was quite annoyed because yeah. somebody dumped a pot and it was a big, heavy pot on my verge. Didn't want it. And that happens sometimes. Um, and I drove past it, you know, every time I left home. And I thought, well, gee, no one else is going to deal with it. It has to be me. So I stopped, mm. picked it up, put it in the boot of the car, brought it up to the patio, left it sit there for days and then I thought, all right, I better deal with this. So I separated the plant out from the pot to see what I had. Have a look at it. Lo and behold, there's bulbs in there yeah. and they were dormant. And I was like, wow, this is a bit exciting. And I, I, wonder what it could I be. had a bit of a guess as to what it could be. But I didn't dare hope that it would be Noreen's. Yeah, yeah, and years yeah. on when they, well, they bloomed the next season and I was rewarded with these pink noreens. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I've put them in the garden. I've divided them. I gave you some. Mm. I've potted them on. And and this year I've had about 13 blooms. They're the size of a saucer mm. and they have been blooming now for weeks. Yeah, yeah. Just just love them. Such a showstopper. So when I walked outside the back door this morning, there is – this beautiful seat, which I never sit on, mm, with <laughs> amazing terracotta <laughs> pot with these noreens. And then over to the right, I've got another pot of paintbrush lilies. They're uh, little yes, white flowers yes, with their yellow stamens popping Paint. up. So bright and cheery. And then a bit further around, the zygo cactus have burst yep. into flower. They are so hot pink and off. white. 
Yeah. And they're really doing their thing. So autumn is just an amazing time in the garden. Yes, and camellias are starting to flower. They are, and, yes. Uh, yeah, so it's, it is exciting. And there's salvias. I've got two salvias mm. that have just started blooming. And what I love is the way you can look at the ground and there'll be a colus with a pinky mauve. And you look up and there's a salvia that's the same. And then there'll be a cordline with the same pinky burgundy mm, in the leaves mm, and a mm, bit mm. further over a couple of different bromeliads picking up the same colours so mm. this is mirrored all the way through the garden well that's looks that must look absolutely spectacular oh, well yeah. i had to go out and have another walk at what i'd done yesterday it was mm, quite quite tough mm. took, okay. took some photos and i put them up on the my botanic obsession facebook page okay so it's, if people want to have a look at that can people yes. access that botanic Obsession. Obsession on Facebook. Okay. Mm. Wonderful. I don't apologise for all my spammy <laughs> videos and posts there. No, no, you enjoy it. Love 94841927. We're chatting at 20 past eight with Louise Peters, and she's a passionate educator of mini beasts and reptiles, and she also has, she's big into butterflies. Tell me, tell me more. Oh, well, I had a chat with Louise yesterday. I, I've known of her for a long time. In fact, I organised her for our camera club and she brought along her, her reptiles and um So critters. that's what we call Bro- mini beasts. Well, yes, that's stick insects. Class- they're classified as mini beasts because I know one of your talks you refer to mini beasts, don't yes, you? Yes, the, the little things, uh, ladybirds, all, all those little creepy crawly sticky okay, insects. Okay, so you put them in beast Praying category. mantis, okay. yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> so she, she's she been on this journey for quite a while now. Uh, so she supplied all these critters for photo shoots at our camera club. But she also sets up butterfly displays and she's she was very busy with Mother's Day mm. setting up and she goes to schools as well. Now, how this came about was because... We were at the Perth Garden Festival. Yeah. And we went and saw Mark at the Tuckerbush stand and you and him were talking about this lady who you'd met and they both said, oh, Faye, Faye needs to meet this girl. We need to have her on the radio. Mm. Um, Faye would love her. So, yes, quite rightly so. Mm. And quick off the mark, we have Louise on the phone today. Yeah, no, she's a, she's a very, uh, what's the word, uh, passionate lady. She's Her enthusiasm will overflow when she speaks to you and uh, she's very excited to come on board. So, And she hasn't been on the radio before, Ray, so she's okay. both excited and nervous. No, I told her be we'd fine. be gentle with her. <laughs> <laughs> no, she'll be fine. Uh, so, no, I look forward to what she gets up to and these butterfly kits and what mm. that's all about and what she does at the schools and and things like that. So she's out Swan Valley Way, I think, uh, that she was telling me when I chatted with her last week. So, yeah, lovely lady. So, no, that'll be a very interesting chat as well. We are giving away our Green Life Soil Co. $75 voucher and our Bigger Trees $75 gift voucher as well. We'll do one this hour and one the next hour. So stay tuned for that as well. Uh, yes, we can fit this in. We're in Dianella. We're talking about height. <coughs> What was what happened there? That was very strange. She's Fr- not there. Frida, are you there? Yes, hello. Good morning. 
Um, look, I've planted two dark foliage hydrangeas outside my bedroom window, which is very shady. I get a little bit of sun in the morning. They were looking absolutely beautiful, and now they're droopy, and they the leaves are going a bit brown. And I'm really quite upset because I, they were quite expensive plants. Okay. Droopy doesn't sound good, although the good news is, Frida, that they are deciduous and they will drop their leaves in the winter when oh, it's okay. cold. The risk yes. is that they could get too wet. Uh, so, That's what I thought, you know. Is that why they've gone droopy? Well, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Even when hydrangeas are losing their leaves, the leaves are often still quite firm. I wouldn't mm. describe them as droopy. So you need to check on that, make sure that mm. there's good drainage. Uh, at this time of year, they shouldn't be too wet, but it might oh, come down. Be, maybe I gave them a bit of a oh, – because on the, on, the, on the card when I bought them a few months ago, it said you must keep them moist, you know, and well-drained. Yes, and well-drained is the key. In our mm. soils, if you have got free-draining soil, it's mm. unlikely that they will be too wet. The risk is mm. that the soil has been improved in a way that it's holding too much water or that okay. if they were in that awful coir peat mix when you bought mm. them, that no, that can stay too wet. No, I didn't put... But I did put what I put some good stuff. I can't remember the name of Sorry, I can't remember That's what I put, okay. but I put what I was told, and they were looking absolutely beautiful, sprightly, and well, you know. Now suddenly they look a bit unhappy. <laughs> okay, now the other thing, Frida, is when they do drop their leaves, you can yes. cut them back to two fat oh. buds. So this is an opportunity to um, to play it safe, and if those plants are unwell, then oh. by taking cuttings you can actually grow on new plants. Okay. So are they a good size or are they yes. quite small? Yes, okay. yes, they have grown and they're looking so lovely and healthy and green. I know that the weather's changing but and I, I have maybe watered, but the, I found the soil damp so I gave them a little bit more water. Now they're... Oh, okay, they just don't look happy. Yep. So it might be <laughs> it might be too much water. Mm -hmm. So water. I would hedge my bets and I would cut them back. Try and find okay. some old wood, healthy stems, and take cuttings. So take take them about twenty centimeters long. I'm writing this down. Thank yep. you. And cut under a node. And you could do half a dozen in a pot or even in oh. the ground close by okay. and just leave them oh. there. Nothing's going to happen for a few months, but okay. they will but then... Must I leave, I must, sorry, must I leave the same plants in there? Well, it's up to you. Either you stop watering and monitor them yeah. or you dig them up and... Okay. Maybe put them in. Watering. If you do dig it up, you will get an idea of what the soil is like. Yes. My garden soil isn't very good, I must admit. You know, down into the soil is awful. But I have been, you know, looking after it. But, if, uh, if you do dig it up, give us a call yeah. back and tell us what you find. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your help. You're welcome, Frida. See you later. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye for that.
All right, 94841927 is our number. 100.1 You are with Ray and Faye. It's 22 minutes after 8. This is Let's Talk Gardening. As we were discussing just a moment ago, we are going to be chatting with Louise Peters from Butterfly Dreams in Perth. Louise, it's you're with Ray and Faye. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Very good, wow. thanks, Louise. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. And whereabouts are we speaking to you from? Where Where do you live? Wattle Grove. Wattle Grove. Okay. So, Louise... You breed butterflies. How exciting. Yes. How long have you been doing that for? So for about six years now. And, yeah, it's been such a great journey. Well, so, what, made you, what made you start? How did you start? Okay, so about so 11 years ago, my daughter passed away. And yeah. she actually led me to the butterflies so I had no idea about the butterflies that you can actually release them and that there was people like you could breed them and and actually be a butterfly farmer and um, I met this lovely lady Kay and I would go uh, for her first birthday I was thinking of something to do and I was just looking Mm. up butterflies and I met this lady Kay and I would get, and she was doing butterfly releases. So I got them for my daughter for her birthday every year and the day she passed away. And about six years ago, um, Kay said she was, didn't want to do the butterflies anymore. And I was, uh, I was, I needed them for my, my, I told her I needed them for my angel. Yeah. Um, I could give my daughters anything, but I really wanted the butterflies for my angel. And she's like, you do reptiles and everything like that. So in the end, she took me under her wing and she taught me everything I need to know. And from there, my, I've created a little business um, where I supply butterflies for other funerals and weddings. And okay. um, yeah. And, so how does and, that work? How does that work? Say we're at a wedding. What, what would you do there with the butterflies? So basically, um, I breed the monarchs to yeah. to release. They're a good butterfly to release. Mm. Um, they're a friendly butterfly. They'll hang around. So, and they are now, even though they're native to um, North America, they have established themselves here, mm. and they're not a threat. So they're living here. Um, and basically, you can choose to get as many butterflies as you like from one to 50 and um, depending on how you'd like to release them in a mass release or individual I hand feed each one and um, yeah deliver them still I think that would be beautiful at either a wedding or a funeral that would be absolutely a great idea very special I love that I haven't seen it I'd like to see it yeah Oh, thank you. Yeah, it is. And it, there's just something about that moment. Like, they helped us so much through such a hard time. And it's, you know, when we all see a butterfly, I think we all just stop for that second. And it's, Yeah, we do. You know, in that moment with the butterfly and everything else just for that second goes away. So, yeah. And when but you release the butterflies, obviously that's it, they're gone. 
Yeah. So you breed them specifically for those types of events, I guess. Yeah. So obviously here in WA we can release that with native butterflies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And monarchs are now part of our ecosystem and they've established themselves here. Um, we're allowed to release those too. And so do you go to people's places uh, like schools and things or, do, or do, can people come to you? Yes. So basically, as my business has been growing, I've set up a portable butterfly house where I can take around. So with the business, I've been doing garden talks and workshops about bringing butterflies and other invertebrates into your backyard and how to support and keep them there. I go to schools and teach them about all the, of the butterflies and the life cycles and and um, all about the invertebrates in Australia. We also do supply butterfly life cycle kits where people can raise their own butterflies and see this amazing cycle. Um, and we do interactive displays. And wouldn't you be great at, like, children's birthday party? I mean, wouldn't you be a hit? <laughs> birthday parties too. So it's just growing and growing. I, I take my photo, uh, my invertebrates and reptiles to photo class. So that's been a lot of fun. So what, what does that consist of? Explain your reptiles and mini beasts. What have you got in your collection? Okay, so we have the butterflies, um, some other invertebrates, so... The mini beasts, we have giant rainforest snails from land and giant burrowing cockroaches. We've got prey mantids, triantulas, scorpions, ant lions, featherhorn beetles. Oh, have you? They're the ones with the eyelashes? Yes. And you have to know how to look after all these critters, of course. Yes, you do. Yeah. I've met some amazing people who were willing to share their knowledge with me over the years. Just um, there's a guy who I've made friends with, Des Hume. He is amazing and he's always willing to share his information with everyone. And there's a lot of information on the internet and, yeah, but um, it's been such a great learning curve. And and reptile-wise, do you have a snake, snakes? Oh, we have. So before I did the butterflies, I've been a reptile relocator. Ah, okay. I've been a reptile keeper for the last 20 years. So I've got quite a few different snakes in the house. I think <laughs> we've got all the different lizards. I think you can keep your frill neck lizards, your bearded dragons, your geckos. I've got frogs. And not only that, I've also, if you're not liking the reptiles, I can also bring, if you're having a birthday party or an event, we also take our bunnies and guinea pigs. Oh. Well, guess what? And parrots. You're and like a mobile zoo. We, yeah. Um, but we're trying to um, open up a, but- the goal is to open up a butterfly house here yeah. in WI. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess everyone can see my amazing critters and and see how amazing they are. Yeah. Oh, that so. would be wonderful. So you can just go into the butterfly house and sit in there and just have them all flying around and have I... a cafe and the invertebrate room and you know, yeah, somewhere and I love to educate 
and especially schools and, you know, we've got to educate all our all the kids because they're the ones that are going to be looking after everything and mm. and our critters, you know, the butterflies, they're declining. So it's, it's good to be able to be out there and educate everyone on what amazing species we have here right in our backyard in Australia. You're so right, Louise, and, and a lot of them are not known by a lot of people. What are some of the key plants that people could plant in their garden either – to, to bring the butterflies in to feed, but also some examples of food plants so that they will breed. Yes. So this is, yes. So every butterfly usually has a host plant that yeah. they need for the, their, for the caterpillars to eat and survive. Um, and it's very specific. And then the adult butterfly, they're a nectar. So they love all your nectar plants. Now, there's a few books. So there was a, there's a beautiful book called Bringing Back the Butterflies by the Australian Museum. And there's also um, the a, a information sheet on the internet. Um, and what happens is you can um, go and find out what, plants to grow for the caterpillars. So just say if you were wanting to attract the Australian Painted Lady, um, they will tell you that, well, their caterpillars will need plants from the daisy family. And and that includes your native everlasting, which is a beautiful flower. So, um, But with the butterflies, they're all your nectar-loving plants. So all your native plants, like your grevilleas and your wattles. Really? Uh, are are sources of food. Plants, your eucalyptus trees. Mm. Oh, butterflies will drink all that nectar from those beautiful flowers. Um, and daisies. Yes. Daisies are great because they're great for any pollinator. Um, sunflowers are an example of a daisy. It looks like one flower, but it's actually got tiny little flowers made up of nectar and pollen. Um, so even, yeah, your everlasting flowers. Mm, um, mm. Yeah, tea trees, your bottle brushes, beautiful nectar plants. Oh, you've given us some great examples. Yeah. Now, yesterday you were telling me about a recipe that you put out... Uh, that you make up and you put out to bring in butterflies to feed them? Yes. So that's a great little recipe. So if you don't have a big backyard and and you've got limited plants or you want to do a nectar for your pollinators, your butterflies, it is, and you want an artificial diet, it's um, one part sugar. Yep. Your basic household, and or you can use honey. Right. One part, five parts water. Now butterflies like things stinky. <laughs> they like what? Say that again, love. Butterflies like things stinky. Stinky. So they love your rotting bananas, your rotting fruit. If you've got some, you can add that to your nectar, but. Also, we add a few drops of soy sauce. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, so just a, two or three drops 
of soya sauce and that will make it a little bit stinky and will bring the butterflies in so that will attract them if not if you've got some bananas that are going off you can leave that out the butterflies will love that oranges so yeah oh that that Seems sounds wonderful yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's worth a try definitely definitely and you can put it in a shallow dish with um, marble yep uh, or you can put it on some cotton wool balls yeah yeah uh, yeah, and butterflies have their taste buds on their feet. So the smell will attract them, they'll land on it, and then they'll be able to taste with their feet that they've landed on that nectar and you'll see their proboscis come out and drink it all up. It's an amazing sight. Yeah, that's gorgeous. What a, what an interesting business. Like your passion is your is your work. I love that. Mm. That's the ultimate, oh, isn't I'm it? I'm very, very lucky. And yeah. Yeah, and I, and I do it, and I do it for my angel. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, she's led you. She's led you uh, to this, which is absolutely beautiful. And do do you have a website, Louise? I have just changed my name because I do just more than butterflies now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've changed my name to Butterflies, Mini Beasts, and more. So I'm currently working on my website. That should be up in the next couple of weeks. And that's what that will be called, Butterflies, Mini Beasts and More. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but you can um, look me up on the Facebook page and Instagram and message me through the, through um, Messenger. Yeah. Um, I have my email address and my phone number on there as well. Okay, so you don't mind people emailing you. So if I gave that out, that would be okay? That would be fine. So that's Butterfly Dreams Perth at Outlook.com. That's the easy one. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an out, I've got an Outlook account too. So, oh, no, I love it. I just, I, as you've been talking, my mind's been thinking about all the different options that you've opened up to people, that the things that you can do and show and teach. Uh, I love it. And uh, I, I love the idea of a butterfly house. Yeah. yeah you, so you've got property, have you, Louise? Well, we're currently searching for property, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you would need that. We yeah, wish... we're sorry. sorry yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. We just wish you all the luck in the world, and uh, we hope listeners have enjoyed uh, learning about what you do, what you have, and how you educate people. And uh, we'd love to have you on air again. Yeah, and big thanks to Mark check for putting Tuchek. us in touch With because yeah. next time we'll get yeah. you and him in the studio that together. That would be nice. Because yeah. I think you were actually looking for a plant yeah. that he had, weren't you, Louise? Yes, I was. And you found it, didn't you? Oh, I did. I found a few down with Mark. He's got a, an amazing range and um, I think he's got a workshop coming up. So I'm really looking forward to to meeting him again and going and, and finding a bit more about his tuckerbush plant. Yeah. Well, he'll be really keen to learn all about your butterflies and which plants have that relationship as well. Yes, which we did touch on. And, yeah, isn't it great that we can all get uh, different information from yes, each other? from each other, yeah. We love sharing information, so, yeah. Oh, thank you, Louise. I hope we were gentle with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, it was a great experience. So, All right. Yeah.
All the best and we'll have you back again soon. And Diane from Rockingham has just called in to say she's really enjoying listening, listening to, to Louise. You. So you've, you've, you've uh, created you created fans already, Louise. So, oh, yeah. But, Diane. Okay. Well, keep up the good work, Louise, and until we meet again. Thank you. All right, thank, thank you. you. Enjoy your weekend. Cheers for now. Bye. What a lovely lady. And it's a sad story that she lost her daughter, but out of that, look what she's doing. Mm. And then part of that is to honour her daughter. And uh, it's led her into this, and that's a beautiful thing yeah, too. It, it was an evolution. Yeah, yeah, and, and it just shows you. It just yeah, shows you. She, she's on a path that yeah. just continues and yeah. she's yeah. kind of right where she's meant to be. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love mm. that. And thanks for calling in as well, Diane. Okay, we have free lines 94841927. I think we'll go to a break. How does that sound? Curtain Radio. And you're with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. We're laughing off air because I was saying to Faye, isn't it wonderful? We're you know chatting to Louise Peters from Butterflies, Mini Beasts, and more. And I'm saying, just a great idea for a kids' party. And Faye's going, what about my party? Yeah, turning sixty this year, and she said, I would like to have her at mine. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking of children love, but yes, I understand that that would be fantastic to have at your your birthday. We're all children inside. We Ray. really are. We really are. And you do. I have to say, you do bring that aspect out in me which I which I really do appreciate and Kay from Thornley phoned in and she also loved Louise's segment and interesting and would like to catch up with her sometime well yeah I mean well, it's all very doable well let me I'm thinking out loud here and I probably shouldn't because it's dangerous. It is dangerous but we've got Curtain Radiothon coming up yeah. in the not too distant future yeah. my garden's looking pretty good Ray yeah I just wonder if we might be able to, to tee up something. a little event yeah and uh, make it a Radiothon cause because that's, that's coming up in June. It's not far away. I know. Yeah, I okay. Know. Now the brains are ticking. Right. We'll, we'll see what we can organise. Wouldn't that be amazing? A fun day. A really fun day. I would love it. Fun Fun day at Faze? Yeah, Faze fun day. <laughs> With Bungie <laughs> and all sorts. Oh, we could make all the fun of the fair. All right. We're heading to Armadale. Brenda, good morning. Good morning, Ram Faze. Good morning. I've inherited, I've moved to a retirement village and inherited a bed that was neglected. Yes. And the high business has gone absolutely mad and all in the middle of it was dead. Okay. You know, at the bottom. So I proceeded to cut all this out. I found that the leaves have got at the very top. You have, most of them is bare branch and then a bit of leaves at the top which have got holes in. Yeah, I, I see that I, a lot. Yeah, I've discovered quite a few snails, so I think they're responsible. It doesn't look as if it's diseased, except that half of it was dead, and I spent half the day cutting mm. it out and removing it. Uh, but I've just wondered, I also ended up with extremely itchy arms. Do hibiscus are known to irritate your skin? Not necessarily, but if you have scraped your arm, that that could be a cause of irritation, not necessarily um, like from any sap or anything, but just the nature of what you're doing. You could have got scrapes on your arm. 
And, you know, Brenda, you probably should have been wearing a long sleeve shirt and gloves. No, I realised that. Oh, I ended yeah. up my arms mm. putting a long sleeve blouse on. And, 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 and hey, perhaps you got a bit of an allergy there, Brenda, too, to the yeah, plants. Yeah, it's I, not I'm, impossible. I've got allergy problems, definitely. Yeah. 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 Now, medications and goodness knows what. Mm. Well, your uh, project. I, know, I heard last week you saying hibiscus, you should really prune them uh, in spring. Yeah. But could I prune these kind of leaves that are all got lots of holes in? <laughs> well, what what's your aspect like? I mean, the weather is so sunny and beautiful at the moment. Um, I certainly would be hedge trimming my hibiscus now to keep them in check, even though it's not the right time. But I would do the main pruning, if possible, in springtime. That would be my part of my maintenance program. But tidying up an old plant is a different story. And I would yes. sort of judiciously cut it back to where there there is growth or a node, um, but yeah. still leave plenty of leaves on it because it needs them to photosynthesise. Oh, right. Okay, then. Thank you very much. That's what I will do then. But what an exciting project. I'm... My mind's just racing off. I'm thinking you could hang old man's beard in the centre of it. You could plant oh. some cord lines around it, maybe a frangipani. You could really make a, a tropical garden bed, tropical-looking yeah, garden yeah. bed. Well, I had a frangipani, but, of course, that had been left and it, was, it wasn't upright. It was just going sideways. It's mm. everywhere. Mm. So I kind of tried to make it straighter so that it was going upright instead of all around the... All around the hedges. <laughs> that was another part of the bed, you know. Oh, lovely. I'm doing it because I had to leave a massive garden and that's the reason I had to leave because I couldn't cope with it any longer. I was mm. too old. And uh, so I've got this tiny, two tiny little beds just in the front garden Just now. a few patches yeah. to play in. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. So I emptied it back on the frangipani and the hibiscus and, and cleared up the... Pandy Pandy, and the hibiscus, it took me all afternoon to cut all the dead stuff out the middle. Some of it you just broke off. Mm, it was so yes. Good. It's a beautiful, what was growing, the flowers are beautiful. They're lemon coloured with the red throat, and it's really a gorgeous hibiscus. Oh, lovely. Well, we'll see. It will certainly. Advice. I wouldn't. Thank I didn't you. want to feel guilty. I think, gosh, I hope I'm not making killing it doing all this cutting back. No, you've but done the right thing. It's in full sun in the afternoon, so I thought, well, while we've got these sunny days, is the best time really to do it and help it recover. You know. That's right, Brenda. Well done. Okay. Thank thanks. You. Thanks for Cheers the call. For Bye. Bye. And we're heading to West Leaderville. Anna, how are you? Annette, Annette. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How can we help you, Annette? Oh, look, I've got these tall, beautiful, um, the, you know, the Nero kale, almost like trees, had about 20 leaves every day, and then all of a sudden overnight gone. And I reckon it's a rat or a mouse, but they've left all the beautiful succulent cos lettuce, spinach, um, and all the butter lettuce, and just gone for the kale, which is the most inaccessible of the plant, and it's not a bug, but I wonder how I can save my kale. Uh, Annette, An Annette, 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 yeah. um, Annette, Annette. <laughs> yes, a net. So putting some some sort of light framework around the plant, uh, chicken wire, like made into a circle, and maybe some 
some bird netting or uh, curtaining or something over the top of that. Actually, chicken wire is probably the best because they can't get through that. They they can actually chew through netting. Right, but it just feels like why have they gone for that? It's about the hardest to get to rather than the really nice stuff. Well, yeah. the thing is with rats, they need to gnaw to keep their teeth sharp. Uh, so potentially that could be one thing. But you know what? I I think you could count yourself lucky, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't come back. Right. Okay. So you... Your lettuces might be safe yesterday. Tomorrow might be a different story. Good call. Okay, mm. do you, thank you. Do you know what I was reading? I think it was last night, Annette, where you know people have rat problems uh, in their vegetable patches, and someone had these uh, lights. You know, they're the lights that go on if they see movement, like they have at the prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and apparently that spooks them away. Mm. You know. I don't know for how long, of course, because rats are very adaptable. But, yeah, just to have the, though I think they were solar-powered or something, and uh, movement lights, yeah. Okay. And they don't like that. They don't like the spotlight being shone on them. Mm. Yes. So, okay. anyway. Like All right, like Good luck, Annette. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Cheers for that. All right, we will be going to the news at nine o'clock. We, I think, you know what? Okay, I'm going to do it. We're going to give something away. Why not? You must be a, I hate saying this, you must be a Curtin FM listener and not to win a prize in the last 28 days. We say that, of course, because we want to share, share the love, all right? So I think we'll go to Green Life Soil Co., uh, Paul and Linda Michener. Now, on that note, we got I've got um, a gorgeous picture here somewhere. I don't know what I've done with it. With uh, Jean Napier. Jean Napier. She's Jeannie. A fr- Jean yep. Napier. She's a friend of yours, isn't she? A Facebook friend, yes. And yeah. I've met her at Open Gardens and around and she, the place. And she sent a gorgeous... I must have left her out, out in the other... She sent a gorgeous photo of how she was spending her prize voucher at Green Life Soil Co. And she had the boot of her car open and her dog sitting on top of these bags of goodies... So it was a great photo, Jeannie, and we loved uh, seeing that and uh, seeing what she was able to to get uh, with her with her gift voucher. And of she course, was very grateful. And yes, and so we love we love to know what you do with it. And of course, Green Life Soil Co. is a permacultural based business. That is their philosophy. Uh, there's a wealth of information on their website. All you have to do is go to Green Life Soil com.au greenlifesoil.com.au where you will find products to match all of your gardening requirements trust me it really is awesome and they have a monthly newsletter that you can join up it's free packed full of useful information we'll log into email each each month uh, i recommend that as well and of course they can deliver to you throughout perth and if you're not in the metro area you can still access green life soil co goodies Simply jump on their website to find out where you might locate them in case you're not in the metro area as well. Now, here we go. Not one of John's curly questions, true or false? Vanilla is obtained from the seed pod of an orchid. True or false? Vanilla is obtained from the seed pod of an orchid. Give Bev a call now on 94841927. Curtain Radio
I'll tell you after. All right. We're just finding out that we're not getting Josh Byrne today uh, because, yeah, they've had a few problems at their office and uh, sadly we're not getting Josh Byrne. We shall reschedule. We will, we will. Mm. Okay. All right, now we do have a winner, Irene of Gosnells. Congratulations to the Green Life Soil Co. voucher of $75 that will be on its way to you this week. And my question was, true or false, vanilla is obtained from the seed pod of an orchid? And the answer is true. Okay. So, well done, you. And they do, the plant actually does grow quite well here in Perth. However, I am yet to discover anybody who has ever had it um, form a pod and be able to harvest the vanilla. To my knowledge, there isn't one who has done that in Perth. Many have tried. So if anyone out there has had success, please let us know. I'd be very keen. Because they're farmed in Madagascar, aren't they? That's their their epicentre, for want of a better description, I believe. Yeah. And that's where they grow them. That's their trade. Because it's worth a lot of money. Oh, well, vanilla's yes. Vanilla's worth a lot of money. A bit like saffron, very, yeah, very yeah. expensive. And vanilla bean paste, extraordinarily expensive. Yeah. They grow in hot hothouse conditions, so they will grow here. But, yeah, getting getting the vanilla pods to produce is yeah. a, a tricky thing. To do. Mm. Yeah, Okay. Right. All right. Let me see. Okay. So we do have free lines, guys. We will be heading to the news at nine o'clock, of course. Um, now, and the answer is true. True. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I'm in I a bit of a time. Time. I'm in a time warp. Your, your head is is in another in another space. So no, it's disappointing that we're not getting Josh on there today. But hey, there's um, bigger things at play here, and we will get him soon. And we hope everything sorts itself out for Josh Byrne and uh, and his the company team. and the team. Mm. My goodness. So we have received an email from Carol. And she says, good morning, everyone at Curtin. Yesterday, we went to Bigger Trees to spend the $75 voucher and bought seven lovely camellias to replace some roses that they removed due to chili Chili thrips. thrips. A lot of people Mm. doing it, yes. Camellias. I mean, what a stunning time to buy camellias. They're bursting into flower right now. They're looking fabulous. They're one of those plants that once, once established... They just survive in the garden with, mm. without anything. I've only got three in my garden. I've got a sasanqua, beautiful pinky mauve that's just started to bloom, and two japonicas mm. that uh, they tower above the shed, mm. beautiful large pink blooms. I had, gosh, I don't think I feed them. Almost thrive on neglect. They mm. do, and mm. they're glossy mm. and green. Mm. Their foliage is wonderful in cut flower arrangements. Yes, indeed. And the, the the birds love darting through them. They're a great habitat plant. Mm. So yeah, a camellia is a great a great choice in autumn gardens to add yeah. extra colour. And a few uh, weeks ago, we got an email from Mel Leach in Mes- Les Murdy, and she also wrote in uh, with regard to her bigger trees voucher and all the goodies that. Uh, she had uh, purchased, I'm just having a look at it now, I think she bought a gardenia and some lovely natives and uh, some hedging shrubs and a radamatura, which is absolutely beautiful. And uh, to hide, she's saying, to hide some ugly lattice on a dividing fence. Yes, that will do the job perfectly. 
And she's also saying, Faye, that she's got a new respect for hoverflies and the like, uh, which she used to find annoying. And now she has two bee hotels and was delighted to see a blue-blanded bee visiting the second one within days of setting it up. Wow. Now she sees an insect. She is more inclined to work out whether it's friend or foe. So that's all thanks to you, Faye, Karen. Oh, and, of course, it's, it's bee day today, is it? It is World Bee World Day. World Bee Day as well. There's a day for everything, but today is World Bee Day. And, and it's I would significant like, in itself. I would like to talk a little bit more about bees, particularly our native bees. So I, I will do that. Now, we did get an email during the week asking if we knew anybody who can remove some established roses due to chili thrips. We're looking in the Ardross area. area. Mm-hmm. I personally don't know anyone mm. uh, who who does this sort of thing. But mm. if, if you can recommend someone who's done some gardening work for you, who's got perhaps a, a truck or a small trailer, trailer, someone who's physically able to dig and knows a little bit about what they're doing. Yeah, would be uh, great. I, I imagine they'd need to be cut back and then dug out with some of the roots and some soil as well. Which one, they want some soil for. removed because mm. I think they've got a cooch grass issue. So, yeah, if anyone knows of anyone that would be able to do this job, that would be wonderful. That was one of our uh, listeners that had uh, asked for and, some, and really some help. And really after a, a personal recommendation, not just know of a business and yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Someone who, who's worked Going for you that... Going to do a good job. Because I, I personally do never recommend anyone unless I've had you that know. personal experience. I've, mm. I find it very difficult. Yeah. And... Um, I always like to supervise them too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do. Now, Maisie of Mandra uh, called in and she said she saw a rat run along her fence and disappeared into the large palms next door. Would they live in the palms? The answer to that is yes. Yes. Absolutely. They, they can do. You know what? They will live in anything. Mm. Palms are one thing. So we annually remove the fruits from our cocos palms yeah. and old Bronze, and we have someone who I personally recommend who who climbs yeah. and who can do that safely. Uh, I actually met a rat in my compost the other day. Mm-hmm. So I've got some work to do there. And then I, I read somewhere where don't put bread and dairy in the compost because it can attract rats. And I thought, gosh, I've got like lily pillies. I've got Palms, I've you know the rats are just there. They're there. We've even doesn't got, take much to attract no, one. No, we've mm. got a, a tree called an Irish strawberry tree. So anywhere yeah. there's fruit, yeah. yeah, we will always have food for rats. Mm. So it's just the compost is nice and warm and protected because I put mm. nice piece of carpet on top. So see, he'd like to make a nest in there. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, guys, nine o'clock news. Morning smoke, then sunny today with a maximum of 23. Right now we're sitting at 15.1 degrees and the hum- 15.5, it just changed actually, and the humidity is now 68%. You can expect the minimum overnight, not too bad, dropping down to 10, mostly sunny to tomorrow with a maximum of 23. And looking ahead to Monday, the minimum overnight will be 11, partly cloudy on Monday and a maximum of 20. 
four. And maybe a shower or two creeping up Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. But I don't think it's going to be much. And our rainfall so far for May is sitting at 19.8 mils against this time last year, 83.6 mils. So, yeah, we're about 60 mils down in May uh, with our rainfall. So let's hope we really get a wet June, July and August. We're certainly going to be needing it. Out of our hands, isn't it, Faye Curran? It certainly is. But, uh, yes, some rain would be very welcome because our sprinkles will be going off shortly as well. I I turned mine off. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I did turn them on. That's once. what I mean. I turned mine <laughs> off when it was raining and I have mm. had them back on just for a couple of short spurts. Uh, John of Bunbury uh, has phoned in and he says, uh, is the Irish strawberry tree the same as the Irish cherry tree? I believe not. No. The Irish strawberry tree is Arbutus unido. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a, a common plant around Perth, I don't think. The one we've got in our garden is oh, three to four metres tall. The wood is extremely hard. Like when I try and cut branches off, it's Really it's a hard. really hard job. It's an job. evergreen too, isn't it? It's it is, an and it has mm. these gorgeous clusters of mm. bell or urn-shaped flowers that mm. hang down. And look like strawberries. Well, the the flowers don't, but following that, the, the fruits fruit have comes. tiny little round strawberry berries, mm. which are you can edible, eat them, but they're not very nice. But not palatable. <laughs> yeah. Full of tiny little seeds. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the tree this year was a massive fruits but yes i pretty things come in and feed on them and we have a lot of birds um, i like it they do if the fruits drop to the ground the bandicoots clean them up and yeah Yeah. it's it's a lovely it's a lovely tree and the canopy is nice Mm. isn't it yeah yeah there was some somewhere i used to live in maylands there was some beautiful ones over there so okay now um because we were talking earlier about uh, growing a seed pod of vanilla off an orchid and how difficult it is. Bruce Larson, our good buddy Bruce, uh, happened to be listening and he's phoning in because he's actually had some success. Wow. Bruce, thanks for phoning in. How are you? Yeah, fine, thanks, Faye. And Ray, how are you? Yeah, very good. good. Lovely to have you. Thank you very much for being so vigilant. And we, we unfortunately can't have Josh in the studio today, so very... We are very grateful to Bev, who's actually brought you to us to fill in the gap. Thank you. Uh, yes, no, I was out driving and uh, running an errand and heard talking about the vanilla plant. And, uh, yeah, very fortunate. Uh, I have flowered them, uh, but I've wow. gone to the trouble of pollinating them to create uh, the vanilla pot, as it were. But I, I'm not quite sure it would actually happen in Perth unless you're actually growing it in some fairly you know, humid yeah. Conditions, but this was just out in the back, um, sort of orchid patio underneath some, you know, polycarbon sheeting, and uh, grows vigorously like a vine, um, and there's certainly flowers. Yeah. Ah, so my challenge to you <laughs> is to see if you can produce a fruit, Bruce. I will accept that challenge. Ah. Flowers. I will do the pollination and see if we can actually create uh, the vanilla pod. Well, Brave. imagine if you Brave could. Boy. I wonder if that would be a Perth first. Um, I did mention to some of my colleagues about and showed them the pictures of the mm. vanilla flower plant when it was in flower, and some of them said, well, that's the first time we've ever seen one flower in Perth. I'm not sure if that's the case, but um, certainly 
eat flowers. They're very attractive. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully it will flower again uh, coming this spring. And, yeah, I'll certainly give it a go and see if we can create our seed pod. Oh, that would be very interesting indeed. So, Bruce, what else is happening with orchids right yeah, now? exactly. Ah, right now is a really fabulous time if you're into growing orchids because the the amount of plants coming into flower, in particular the big showy cattleyas, there's a yeah. lot of them coming into flower right now. Um, wonderful to have in the home because of their sweet uh, scents as well. But a lot of other things also coming into flower, um, you know, around this time. But oncidiums, um, brassias and things like that. So lalias, and then we can expect a whole lot of lalias to be in flower very soon, some already. But normally we would expect to see a lot in flower at this time, but everything's just a few weeks late this year. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, there's, there's a lot happening, and there was a couple of shows in the last couple of weeks, autumn shows, which uh, attracted a lot of plants and flowers and um, probably not too much more in the show time until about July. And there's a big one on the 9th of July at Leaderville at the Aramore. Ah, um, uh, yes, I like that one, yes. Yep, so that'll be 9th of July, Sunday. Um, but until then, I guess people are just going to enjoy them. It starts to get a bit cooler and a bit damper. So if you've got your orchids, bring them in out of the rain, put them under the patio and protect the flowers from the wet weather. Yeah, and what about... On sediums, I have one that hasn't flowered. It's in quite a small pot, very much filled the pot. What should I be doing with that one now, Bruce? Uh, it depends what sort of on sedium it is, but uh, I mean, if it's the big skirted um, uh, ones, they need a lot more humidity than maybe some of the more um, dancing lady ones, the, you know, the sort of golden showers, which are I, smaller. I think dancing lady rings a bell, yellow with brown dots. So they're a smaller flower, whereas the uh, the big uh, ones with the big skirts probably have skirts about you know two inches or fifty mil across, where the others are probably about you know fifteen or twenty. So they need good light, but they also like a bit of humidity. Okay. Uh, so good light through the summer period and now, um, and they will enjoy good. They do need to enjoy reasonably good humidity through the summer period, so that they get the lush growth, but also gives them the initiation for the flower spikes. Oh, okay. Might have missed the boat there, but it'll be going into the hothouse. Yeah, good Yeah, stick it in the hothouse. Uh, a yolk could still well flower. They'll, they, they do have a habit of flowering all throughout the year yeah. and again in springtime. Mm. Oh, good. Thank you. Any any feeding or anything that we should know about at this time of the year, Bruce, with potential uh, flowering? Look, the key thing at the moment is to, with the cooler weather, the plants start to... Um, slow down in their growth so the roots are not as active so like our other plants in the garden yeah. we cut back cut back the fertilizing and in particular cut back the nitrogen and add a little bit of um, potassium so yeah a little bit of potash into the mix okay. and that helps helps with the flowering, flowering. With the, mm -hmm. uh, spike generation and also helps the flowers to set um, so you get a bit of long longevity in the flower but also enables them to flower properly Fantastic. Love it. What What about Phalaenopsis orchids right now? So what are we into? May, nearly June. February, we started moving them out so they get the night chills. Yep. So now they should be in spike. Um, although this year has been a little bit slower with something, so mm. maybe they're not quite showing spikes yet. But if you've got them out on the patio uh, in the cooler nights that we're experiencing, 
they should be generating their flower spikes now. And once you get the flower spikes, take them inside, give them a bit of warmth and let the flower spikes grow. And Phalaenopsis are one of those plants. If you've got it inside and because they don't have a pseudo bulb to store their energy, they're relying on the roots or the, the leaves, don't be afraid to continue to give them fertiliser with a little bit of nitrogen every time you water. Okay. okay. Thank you. All right. Excellent. Your wealth of knowledge as always, Bruce. Thank you very, very much for sharing. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to the results of uh, our, exp- our experiment. Yes. <laughs> now, what... The challenge is on, eh? The challenge is yes. on. Yes. Now, what That's time good... of the year might that vanilla orchid flower? Uh, in the springtime. I had it... Well, it flowered for me in the springtime. Okay. Um, so I'm hoping it'll do the same again this spring. And the pl- in fact, I've got two plants now, and both are rambling out of the pot, down the ground, up through the sort of back, um, sort of uh, trellis type thing, and so it's growing all over the place. So I'm hoping mm. I will have a number of clusters of flowers. Wow! And hence the chance to uh, hopefully pollinate it and see if we can get a. A seed pod. Oh. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? That'd wouldn't it just? Yeah. We'll have you in the studio for that. Yes. Oh, yeah, well, I'll be ringing you. <laughs> I'll, I'll be out with, with the camera. Yeah. yeah, to claim my prize. <laughs> and, it, and they're worth a lot of money too, right? Yeah. Oh, well, it's big business in places like Madagascar and the like. Um, yeah. yeah, very big business. Export all around the world. Yes, well, indeed. we could make you rich, Bruce. Yes, I think one seed pod might just make my fortune. <laughs> you can retire. <laughs> oh, I could dream of it. Oh, dear. All right, you're a good man. Look after yourself. Have a great weekend. Yeah, great show, ladies. Thanks, Thanks Bruce. Bruce. Cheers for that. Okay, catch ya. Bye. Bye. And, yes, a, a verily relevant phone call. We're in Ellabrook. Hi, Wilma. How are you? Morning, Wilma. I'm very well, thank you. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm just actually wondering if you can help me with an absolutely devastating plague of armyworm. I've um, tried spraying with Dipel and picking off the little green caterpillars as I see them, but it's just almost... I'm ready to give up, I think. I just don't know anything else to do. What are they attacking, Wilma? I've got... Um, brassicas in and eggplant and it's absolutely totally destroyed my silver beet. Mm, okay. Well, what what I always do with that situation is remove any of the leaves that are eaten um, and monitor the new growth. Like go out there morning and night, turn the leaves over, look for any signs of caterpillars. And, of course, when you see a tiny little hole, chances are there's a caterpillar there. So if you can um, manually keep on top of it that way. I would keep up spraying with the Dipel, spray after irrigation and after rain. That will target the little caterpillars, not the big ones. But with your monitoring, you should be able to manage the big ones. The next thing is perhaps also put a, down a couple of beer traps to see if there's any slugs or snails that might be hiding um, and they could also be causing problems. So if you were to and, do that for the... That sorry? What does the beer trap entail, just pouring a can of beer into a... Not even that much, just a, a shallow saucer or jar lid, just level with the surface of the soil so just um, dig away a little bit put the jar lid there 
put some beer in it, they're attracted later in the day and they'll come in and, and drown. So that way we're covering caterpillars and slugs and snails. Okay, and that'll probably give me a little bit of relief as well because I'll drink the rest of the beer. <laughs> Absolutely. It sounds like you need it, Wilma. There's nothing worse than having your whole veggie mm. patch under attack like uh, that. It, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And, and is there a time of the year when they do go away? Yeah, well, they're cyclical, yeah. Mm. Well, there is. They the, are? You know, of course, the other thing is, like, this has come up as army worm, and I don't think it's that if mm. they're the little green ones. They're the larva of the white cabbage butterfly. Yeah. Which is actually a butterfly, not a moth. Um, you can also. Yeah. So there's big black ones as well. Okay, right. And they don't hang around very long. They're, the moth of those is the white, black and white tiger moth. Um, so just doing what I've suggested will will help that. And you can pick them off and, and throw them away. You know the magpies will actually eat them. They'll they'll play with them first. They'll bash them on the ground to get the fur off. But it's food for other <laughs> other animals. So yeah, I reckon if you're out there morning and night, five o'clock with your beer. <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> yeah, and, and other nights. Um, I think you'll get on top of it. Okay, and is there any um, advantage to putting diametaceous earth down? Uh, yes, there can be. That will affect the exoskeleton of insects. Mm. It can affect both good and bad insects. So we want to encourage the predators, the pollinators and the parasites and yeah. look after us as well. Okay. All right. So just continue with what I'm doing and, just be, and, and do the beer thing. And remove infested leaves because that will yeah, help yeah, okay, manage the rest. And then ring us next week and, and tell us how things are going. Yes, please. Okay. Keep, keep a look out for white right. cabbage butterflies too. I haven't seen any. That's no. When I lived in Tasmania, they were everywhere. But yeah. since I've moved here, I haven't seen them. So um, yeah, not anyway. Not so much. Mm. Um, the yeah, air, airwaves are time pretty time quiet. They are. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Talk to you okay. next week, Wilma. Thank you so much. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Now, we do have to have a short break. Uh, when we return, we're chatting with Marlene and Diana. Curtain Radio. You're with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening, 23 minutes after 9. Jim Crinan will join us at 10am with the classic 70s. Right, let's go straight out to the lines. Marlene, good morning. Good morning to you both too. And uh, you won tickets to see Costa last week. Yes, and I went with my husband and we thoroughly enjoyed it. Which, it so... yeah, which session did you go to, Marlene? The morning one. The morning, because Faye and I went in the afternoon, didn't we? We mm. were there for the three o'clock session, yeah. Yeah, Costa said you were going. Yeah, so. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> oh, that's yeah, yeah. funny. And, uh, we had a little chat with him and we said how uh, we'd got there, you know. <sighs> yes, yes, yes. And and uh, how did you find him? How did you enjoy the, the chat with him, listening to him? Oh, it was very, very interesting. And also the other gentleman. Trevor Cochran, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, he has a lot to give too. He really so, does. 
Yeah. Yes, and we thoroughly enjoyed it, and the crowd were good. A lot of good questions asked, and uh, and we went an hour overtime. So. Oh, oh my wow. goodness! Yeah. Typical I, of Costa. Uh, mm. Well, I tell you I'm what. Sorry for Costa because he must have been starving. So <laughs> I don't know if he gets time to eat. Yeah. Yeah, no. I agree. Um, Trevor <laughs> and. Trevor yeah. and Costa were an amazing double act together. They oh, bounced really well good. off each other and mm. gave each other a yeah. little bit of stick. Stick. <laughs> yeah. oh, they certainly do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Costa's, Costa is just so natural. Yeah. You know, um, I know. Easy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very, very good. And I just wanted to ring up and say thanks. It was great to have the opportunity to, um, you know, win the tickets. Oh, yeah. did, did you obviously met him, Marlene? Oh, yes, we had a photo taken Beautiful. with him. And, a book? And he's book. now a star. <laughs> oh, and yeah. he's your star. Yeah. Yes, that's right, that's Aww, right. Oh, and lovely yeah. feedback, and we're so glad you enjoyed the tickets. Of course, that was compliments of our good friends. At the Calamundra and Plant Company. Mm. Mandy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they... So lovely. Did, did you see the things they had knitted? Yes, those yeah. they had dolls created. Yeah. Um, they looked like yeah. the presenters. <laughs> yes, so there's one of Costa, there Trevor. was one of Trevor, one of Sue, Sue McDougall, yeah. and Andrew didn't know this, but they made one of him as well. So, oh, they would they was so funny, and it was a a beautiful experience, Day, and afternoon. we had a lovely night up there as well. Oh, good on you. So was yours mostly people that are in the garden industry or? Oh, all sorts of people, people from all walks oh. of life, Marlene, yeah. But there were certainly... Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of we, industry people as well. It, it was great. So many like-minded people. I, mm. Yeah, caught up yeah, with a few yeah. people that, you know, I've I've met over the years, either through Facebook or through the industry, through Hawk Media oh, Association. Yeah, it was a... A, a wonderful event bringing people together. Exactly, exactly. So thank you, thank you so much again. Okay. Thanks for ringing, Thanks, in. Marlene. <laughs> okay. Take care. Right. Cheers, love. Thank yeah. you. Bye. Bye. And Bye. let's go to Woodlands talking about a fig tree in a pot. Diana, good morning. Oh, good morning. Um, I've got two fig trees in smallish pots. I've stuck them, and they're. You've just got they got all the leaves and now I'm waiting for the leaves to fall. But what do I do with them during winter? Um, make sure they don't get too much water. Or, yes, know. yes, that's that's a good idea. And cut them back when they've lost all their leaves. That will encourage new growth. And at that time, you can also work out the framework of the tree and how you want it to grow. So you can train it uh, to to the shape and size you would would like. Oh, okay. That sounds good. And quite yeah. easy. Springtime, if uh, it has filled the pot, at some stage you will want to pot it onto the next size pot if you're going to keep it in a pot. And also feed it. I would give it a slow-release fertiliser and wetting agent and mulch the top of the pot. This is after winter? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. You're welcome. They're that. very easy to, to grow and look after. Yeah, we have got a big fig tree. This is how I've struck them. But, you know, I just thought I'd try some in pots. 
Oh, and uh, make sure that if it's in a pot, you put a saucer underneath it so the roots don't go down into your paving or into the ground because that will very likely happen, Diana. Yes, yes. All right. Mm. Have a good day. Happy gardening. Thank you. Thanks, okay. Diana. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, now, do we have any, what do we got next? We do. George has sent us in a photo. He's growing some herbs in pots and he's noticed um, insects on the coriander and the other herbs. He'd like to know what they are and how to get rid of them. So what I can see are aphids, uh, both winged and wingless. They're quite interesting, right? Aphids don't need a mate to oh, no. to propagate and they, they can give birth yeah. they give mm. birth to live young so mm. that is a term mm. called parthenogenesis mm -hmm. quite clever mm -hmm. um interesting to watch <laughs> they just pipe out these new little aphids Shoot them like out. that mm. um and on your second photo george it it does look like perhaps whitefly but it's actually not it is the nymph skin so when aphids grow, they molt. So they go up, they drop off their, their old skins, and that's what you're seeing, the nymph skins that have been left behind. Actually, the other thing that can happen, because the predators of these are lacewing larvae and hoverflies, a hoverfly larvae will suck the juice out of an aphid and spit out the skins. And so that potentially... Mm. has also happened. So if you can see any little what look like tiny caterpillars, potentially there could be some hoverfly larva there. Uh, other predators include ladybirds, which may start arriving because of aphids. What I would do is just hose them off with a jet of water, pick off the older leaves that you're not going to eat, remove the infestation and they'll be fine. Okay. And that's how we look after our garden and encourage good bugs into our garden because it's, we have a food source. And it's interesting. I've been thinking about the white butterfly. I mm. haven't seen them. No. And they're, they're normally around, aren't they, this time of the year? Well, they they will be going quiet at this time. See, we're, mm. well, I say we're going into cooler weather. The nights are certainly cooler. The days have been amazing. Mm -hmm. It is, as you say, a cycle. Yeah. Uh, if we can stop people using sprays on everything, remembering mm. there are so many little birds around at the moment. Mm, We've got the in insect mm, eaters mm. and the nectivores. Mm. But, of course, a lot of birds need um, they need protein for mm. their young. They, mm. Although they might be nectar feeders, mm. their young need the protein. So they'll move around your garden collecting small bugs and insects to feed their babies. Yeah. And this week, you know, we've had the New Holland honey eaters come into the garden five and six times a day yeah. and dozens and dozens of them, they've mm. come through the patio, they're on the paintbrush lilies, they're hanging off the ripsalis. Having an absolute uh, field day. Yes, yeah. it's almost like something has hatched yeah. and they're yeah. going, oh, come and get this. You know, I've yeah. got something here. Yeah. Dozens and dozens of birds and the noise, what yeah. a cacophony. Yeah. It's just delightful. <laughs> I've also seen the uh, the scrub wrens, white-breasted scrub wrens, 
darting around the garden and they like a dense covered low growing bush and they just flit through at ground level mm. just just magic just gorgeous magic. so remember don't forget to clean out and fill up your bird bars in the garden yeah don't leave sources of water laying around mm. because that can encourage mosquitoes to breed mm. the larvae will live in just a saucer of water and of course you don't want sources under your pots that are out in weather at this time of year because they no. can fill up with water. And, mm. you know, I've, it's happened to a couple of mine. I've thought, oh, yep. gee, you're going a bit yellow. And it's yeah. like, yep, you're sitting Full in water, water and you don't yeah. like it. Mm. Yeah, no they, no, they do not. Now, because I can see free lines right now, I'm going to give away the $75 gift voucher. Compliments of Kerry at Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook. And that's the area we were up in last weekend. We were up at Pickering mm. Brook Direction, weren't we? We were. When we went to the Costa Chats. Uh, as you already know, Bigger Trees is WA's leading frangie supplier and also specialising in ornamental and fruit trees. Uh, they've got a huge range of plants at one of, I know, to be the nicest nurseries in Perth. Absolute pleasure to, pleasure to stroll through bigger trees, to see their array of beautiful deciduous trees showing wonderful autumn colour, as are trees everywhere at the moment. Dazzling camellias showing off right now, and it is a fabulous time to get trees in before winter. This is what bigger trees say. And they also d deliver across the metro area. You can learn so much more if you want to Google biggertrees.com.au. Check out their online options, and they have a great Facebook page, lots of information and fabulous pictures of uh, what they have in their nursery. Now, you must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Another one of John's questions. This is, I think you'll get this one quite well, all our music fans out there. And you know Bev's number, it's 94841927. Here is the question. In reference to the monkey's song, Pleasant Valley Sunday, why is Mrs. Gray proud today? In reference to the monkey's song, Pleasant Valley Sunday, why is Mrs. Gray proud today? Give Bev a call, 94841927. That $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees might well be yours. Do you think we might be able to play that song today, Ray? I can have a look for it. All right. <laughs> when we go to a break, I shall have a bit of a search. When okay. you're chatting, I will have a little look and see if we actually have it. I'm sure we do. Mm. Well, I, I would still like to talk about the bees, yeah. so I'll do that. But also, Audrey has sent us in a lovely email. Ray, we have the best listeners, don't we? We, do. we have a wonderful audience. So this morning, well, last week on The Gardening Show, there was an inquirer by the name of Keith asking about potting mix, potting of his coffee tree, sorry. Yeah. She said she has one planted by seed in the ground and it's about 2.4 metres in height and she sent in a beautiful photo of when it was in flower. She has had beans from the tree but done nothing with them. She said, if Keith is listening to the program as in and is interested in the coffee beans, when the time is right for picking, she would gladly give them to him. So she's got her contact details here. And if Keith would like to call us, if he's interested in the beans, we can give her the number. 
She also goes on to say, what a delightful breath of fresh air you ladies bring to us every Saturday morning. A huge thank you for sharing your knowledge and also including the weekly guests. You are an inspiration and give us motivation. Kind regards, Thank you. Audrey. Yeah, isn't that lovely? That is that why is we do it on two yeah. two levels. Yeah, very much so. I love that. Well, we we love what we do, and how blessed are we to have an opportunity to come in here to talk about what we love, and and to access the wealth of information from experts who know way more than we do. They make us look good, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. And no, we do love what we do. And I think I've been uh, doing the garden show now for around about 13 years. Yeah, yeah. That is no mean feat. Yeah, yeah. You, you do Saturday have morning. such a busy life. So you yes. work here all week mm-hmm. and you do a lot of preparation for the show, I yes, know. You yes. follow up on... Uh, researching about our guests. You come mm. up with the great questions and you do it very well, Ray. Oh, well, thank you, Faye. Yeah, it is a, it is a uh, what, do you, what can I say, uh, love what I do. So it's a labour of love, isn't it? Certainly gardening is my passion. It's my hobby. And it becomes our lifestyle. Certainly it does. And so we don't, we, it, this is what we do. We're not, we don't just get off air and go, oh, well, that's that. It, it, we, we go back to our gardens. We we practice. Yeah. we. That's we, why we do we, it. We research. <laughs> we research at the nurseries. Occasionally are forced to buy something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We're just joking. Yeah, nice. So no, we have an absolute ball, don't we? It's our honour and our privilege and to be given the platform by Curtain Radio, of course, and uh, our manager, uh, Quinn Glasson, that he provides this opportunity for us to do what we do. And thank him very much for that. Yeah, so it's it's a gift. We know that. We know it. So, we are yeah. blessed to be here. We certainly are. Okay, 94841927 is our number. We have a winner, Robin of Tutoring, for the $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees. The question was, in reference to the monkey song, Pleasant Valley Sunday, why is Mrs. Gray proud today? The answer is Mrs. Gray is proud today because her roses are in bloom. Okay, that sounds like quite an old song. It may not be with the monkeys, but... Uh, oh, I love the monkeys. Do They're you? great to dance do to. You? Okay. Yeah. So good on you, Robin. Uh, voucher on its way to you this week. Let us know what you do uh, with that. And we will be going to a break shortly. And when we do, I will see if I can find that song and uh, perhaps we can actually play it. One question I had for you, Faye, uh, we're end of May or halfway through May going into June. Can we, should we, what can we be planting at this time of the year, vegetable-wise? Thoughts on uh, that? Well, certainly herbs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and herbs are great. You know, like, it's soup time, of course, isn't it? Well, what so, happened to me? I don't have any herbs. I'm not a veggie grower. I, I confess that I'm not. Uh, I, I grow the odd thing here and there. But, um, and I, I, yeah, you need herbs in your cooking. You must mm. have herbs. It's, it's, it's vital. And, uh, you know, sadly, I do buy dried herbs and things like that. I wonder um, if we can change that for you. I wonder if you can mm. do a thriller. I can challenge you, Ray, mm. a thriller, a filler and a spiller of herbs, but not not just something that looks good. I want you to go for something that I'm you going will to use. use. Well, that's the problem. When I grow herbs, I find that I grow them and they look fabulous, but I don't use the enough of them see when i was making chicken soup the other day i went out into the garden i found a ratty parsley plant 
I've got a hedge of rosemary and yeah. a hedge of bay. Mm. And yeah. I just love grabbing them. And they're close to the back door. Yeah. So that made me think I also bought spring onions, you know. Mm, mm. I bought a bunch of spring onions. So half of them I cut the tops off and cut up all the greens, put them into a takeaway container, put them in the fridge. So I've been sprinkling them, the shallots, spring yeah. onions, on my soup and mm, on mm. Um, anything. I've oh, Even on a roast dinner I did the other night because mm. I love the oniony flavour. I do too. So I trimmed the roots and I potted half of them. Yeah, so they're was, growing outside. Yeah, exactly. So you can do that. Buy yeah. your bunch of spring onions and yeah. pot at least half. And then the rest I just cut up. Um, the other half I put into a glass of water mm. and that kept them fresh for a few days. Yeah, it's a good way of keeping them. <laughs> sitting on the counter with all my cuttings. Yes, with amongst my everything little projects. else. Yeah. Coriander. Like, Love coriander. Oh, mm. So the, get yeah. yourself... Do a whole pot of coriander. The mm. bigger the pot, the bigger mm. the plants. Mm. Uh, your Chinese veg, yeah. the bigger the pot, the bigger the plant. Yeah. And you can repeat harvest them. You cut cut the head off at ground level and boom, it grows back. Mm. So mm. one little plant, you know, you buy a punnet of eight. It's the cheapest way to buy it. You've got eight plants. Mm. Mm. Uh, so parsley, mint. That's another one that really adds pizzazz to a lemon drink or tabbouleh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it freshens it up too. Yeah. No, we must must have herbs. So, um, and your guilty mint, as charged. Your mint put into a pot and put into an, a pot of water. So you can have a, a water garden. You can have a frog pond. Your coriander, you can also float. Piece of polystyrene, cut a little hole, the roots go down into the water. You can do the same thing with mint, Lebanese watercress, and you float them on a body of water. You'll never mm. have to water them. Yeah, they're just automatic. Easy peasy. So yeah, I that'll get you started. Thank you, Faye. One more, <laughs> one more project I could do with one more job. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll be back in a moment. Curtain Radio. And you're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening on Curtin FM 100.1. You're with Ray and Faye. We're having a lovely morning. The weather is divine out there. You, you, you know, it doesn't get any better, does it? And look forward to getting into the garden tomorrow and this afternoon as well. Uh, we're with Margaret in Mundaring. Hi, Margaret. How are you? Good morning, girls. Morning, morning Margaret. Margaret. Wanted to pass on some information that poor lady with all the green caterpillars yeah. eating everything. Yeah. Um, my one of my pet hints is the plastic bottle when one buys the, the dry ginger ale and the soda water and the what do you call it sparkling mineral water. Yes. If you don't drink a lot of that stuff, you must have friends who can give you a few. But just cut the bottom off the bottle with a Stanley knife and put the base of the bottle over a plant and surely that must help to protect the plant for just two or three days mm. until you can get rid of the worms because, I mean, surely the bottle over the plant would, providing the plants are small enough, to... Um, stop the worms getting at all the foliage yes that that's a good good way to start seedlings for sure i think certainly in the case of the kale plant it was much bigger and older and i think that's why the rats possibly went for it because they oh, do like to gnaw 
yeah. and they need to yeah. gnaw to keep their teeth down. Yeah, um, yeah. I was thinking of the other things that she had there, but uh, of course it depends on how big the plants are. Of course, exactly. Yes, but, I mean because you have leave the top off and you because it's it can breathe, but surely three or four days would be enough to help to let the plant strengthen up. Well, I guess and, yeah. The one of the first things is uh, working out who the pest is. Yeah. And their mode of action. So the the white cabbage butterflies actually don't do the damage, but they'll come in and they will lay a single egg on or under a leaf. And when that hatches, it's the caterpillar. So keeping the moth, uh, the butterfly off the plant in the first place is a good idea. And then once they hatch, monitoring. So the tiniest of hole in a leaf tells you there's something there. So... Even by picking off that leaf, you're removing part of the problem and then you can keep tabs on on others that might be hatching out and ready to um, take hold. And some of the caterpillars will actually hold, hide in the soil at night time. Mm. So going out at night time with a torch, sometimes you'll find weevils as well. They can be a problem. Yeah. Snails, oh. flatworms even. Um, yeah, it's a whole new world of mini beasts by night. <laughs> yes, it, it seems to be getting a bigger problem, doesn't it? Well, because we're we're growing things that kind of don't belong here, so we we plant exotic plants and we get exotic pests to go with it. So <laughs> mi- mixing it up with different herbs so that we don't have a monoculture mm, helps, yeah. and having flowering plants or letting even herbs flower and go to seed provides a habitat and a haven and a sanctuary for the good bugs that are the predators, the parasites that we we need. Thank you, Margaret. You're always full of helpful hints. Lovely information today. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Margaret. Margaret. Take care, love. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And you wanted to talk about World Bee Day. I do, because there's 2,000 good reasons to talk about it, Ray. And And they are? They are the native bees that we have in Australia, around 800 in Western Australia, in fact. And when we talk about creating habitat and how we can bring them into our garden, number one, avoid the use of insecticides because we we don't need them. If roses are a problem for you, you may have had problems with chili thrips, I know, and a lot of people will reach for insecticides. The reason I don't is because I've got telltale signs on my roses that tell me the leafcutter bees have been there. Yes. Those perfect circle holes in my roses are habitat. The the leafcutter bee, one of the megachylae bees, has been in. It doesn't eat the leaf at all, but it cuts it out, cuts a perfect circle unless gravity takes hold and then sometimes you get an elongated circle. Mm. But it cuts a flap of rose leaf and Mm. it goes, it finds a cavity somewhere, maybe in the ground or in a hole in a brick wall. And he makes himself a nest. It makes a nest. And it lays an egg in there and Mm. provisions it with nectar and pollen and seals it up and does this cell after cell. So I've once found one under a seedling tray and it was the nest of a leaf cutter bee. Mm. And it had 
just wrapped all these leaves one after the other around and when it fell out of the bottom of the seedling tray, it looked like a little stick mm. because the leaves had all become brown. Yeah, yeah. Just amazing and fascinating. So some of the bees will nest in the ground. So once upon a time I used to think, oh, we need to mulch everything, whereas now I understand that it's more important to leave some areas wild. So mm. they can have weeds and they can flower and they can go to seed because many insects use that as a habitat or the ground nesting bees will nest in sandy soil Mm. and the blue banded bees will as well. So we can think about how to get them in the garden, providing plants that bring them in the nectar and the pollen, just like we would for butterflies. And some of the native bees we have are specialists. So for example, they'll they'll feed on pea flowers, uh, but they won't feed on other things. Daisies are fantastic plants and our native daisies, as Louise said, to bring in the butterflies. So Mm. everlastings, bracteanthers, all sorts of things. And, you know, how water-wise are these? We Mm. go out, we prepare the patch, we plant those everlasting seedlings and they come up with the rains. Yeah. And we can have patches of them in our garden. Honestly, you, you plant everlastings or bracteanthers and in springtime when they flower stand back and look at the wonderful insects that come in is it too late to plant it's not too late at all and in fact i was grateful that i hadn't planted mine already because we've had this stretch of dry weather Mm -hmm. and in our sandy soil they might have dried Mm -hmm. out um Mm -hmm. whereas if i wait a little bit longer they'll flower later that's quite okay yeah um And then after the break, if I get time, I will talk a little bit about um, creating a bug hotel or a bee hotel so that you or children or grandchildren can sit back and watch the different types of bees that frequent a bee hotel. All right. Beautiful. Now, we do have to go to a break. I found the song we were looking for. Would you like me to play that after the break? So we'll go for the break and then we'll go straight into our little song. Okay. Sounds great. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. Oops. Actually, I better. It helps if I have a load of break. Okay. Here we go. Curtain Radio. Okay, (laughs) yes, we had to fade it out a little bit because we are just so busy getting towards the end of the show. That was Pleasant Valley Sunday, and that was the question that we had today for our Bigotries gift voucher. And why is Mrs. Gray proud today? It's because her roses were in bloom. Now, Farikara, what would you like to do next? I will just give people a few tips on how they can create a quick bee hotel. Yes, please. And... You can bundle, so when you're pruning your hydrangeas, just bundle the pithy stems together and hang them up somewhere uh, out of the weather. Uh, drilled wood, if you've got any offcuts, tree branches, etc., four, seven, and 11 millimeter drill bits just drilled into wood. They can be put into a bug hotel or they could just be in a post, even, Ray. Hollow bamboo and straws, these are all elements that you could put into a, an empty tin can, yeah. put it somewhere out of the weather. Very simple. There's lots of images on Google or we can talk about it further another day. Um, but I just wanted to give people an idea. They will get masked bees, resin bees, you name it. Lots of different bees 
coming and they get to see them up close. Thank you to Pat from Rolly Stone. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It yeah. was me telling you all about my amazing Noreen's. But this is a field of them under what looks like a, a liquid amber tree. And it just looks amazing. Well That's done, stunning. Pat, in Rolly Stone. Dominica has sent in a photo of a large Phalaenopsis orchid. And it's just spilling out of its pot. But for that As reason alone, do. mm. uh, Dominica, it would be a good idea to repot it and straighten it up. You know, if you're not confident to do that then I suggest getting along to one of the orchid shows where they do potting demonstrations yeah. and they very often will do it for you. That would be wonderful. Um, it's It certainly would benefit. But that plant flowers twice a year, so it's obviously pretty happy. Yes, so. indeed. All right, now we're just heading to Dianella. Uh, Caroline, good morning. Good morning, ladies. How are you all this morning? Yeah, good, thanks, good. Caroline. Thank That's good. You're nearly finished. I'll be real quick. Um, you were talking about your everlastings. I put some in. I've already done mine, and they've been in there for quite a while, and nothing's come up. I oh, did them in April. Oh, did I, they I dry put, out, Caroline? Well, I water every second day. Oh, they shouldn't have. No, they should not water? have. Uh, well, Is if it's free water? draining, that would be all right. Yeah. But I, I'd be concerned. Are they in a pot or in the ground? Oh, in the ground. In the, but I prepared that bed, you know, like a... Yeah, they should have been showing by now. Yes, yes, yeah, they, they should have. Because uh, all the um, sweet Alice came up. You well, know, I, tell you, I tell you what, you never know. They might just do what they need to do when they need to do it, being yeah. annuals. Why not get yourself some more and yeah. put some in pots and then you can always plant them out... If you need to. If you need to, yeah. that's right. Yep. There was one other thing. My heliobore, I moved it in the summertime where it was. It was just getting bl blasted, so I put it in a really shady spot. Of course, it's a lot cooler now, and I noticed some of them had leaf curl. Is leaf curl a fungus or an insect? I don't know how to treat it. Can you send us a photo, Caroline? Oh, yeah, I can. Yep, all right. That would be the best way to go, and then I can be a, a bit yeah. more sure. All right, we have to get going. Thanks for your call. Okay, yep. Thanks, Caroline. Bye. Cheers. All right, and we do need to wrap up the morning thanking Bev Derring and John Glidden and our very own Faye Akaro. Jim Crinan is next with the classic 70s. My gardenism for the morning is, as is the gardener, so is the garden. And Faye Akaro, is there anything you'd like to add? Fantastic show, Ray. Thank you very much. Fun. Happy gardening. Happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.